Um, was church good this morning? Uh, Mercy, I tell you, just the song service alone was, uh, was incredible and appreciate so much our musicians and choir and uh, ladies that, that sang and uh, just, uh, just a huge blessing. But I said this this morning that I, that I really felt like the Lord had other plans uh, for the preaching today. I really started to sense that um, during Wednesday night choir practice as we rehearsed the song and, and then uh, the following days I, I was ready to preach this message uh, this morning and the Lord just seemed to be taking things uh, another way and and so I tried the best I, I could to follow what I thought were his plans uh, instead of my plans. And in trying to keep with his plans, I'll preach tonight, uh, as I said, what I intended uh, to preach this morning. The phone rang in the church office and the secretary picked it up and the voice on the other end said, is the head hog at the trough? The secretary said, who? He stated it more emphatically. He said, I want to I wanna talk to the head hog at the trough. Understanding what he meant, she said rather scornfully, sir, if you wish to speak to our pastor, you're going to have to do it respectfully. You can call him pastor, or you could ask for the reverend, but you cannot refer to him as the head hog. The man said, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to offend you, I just... I just have an extra $25,000 that I, I want to give to the church. And his secretary said, oh, 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 wait a minute. The fat pig just walked in. <laughs> I, knew, I knew we hired Lindsay for a reason. <laughs> Lady came to a Baptist church. Reminds me of Miss Karen. Because her cat homer had died which should be a reason for celebration in any home <laughs> you can tell her i said that michaela you just text her right now and tell her i said that because i can outrun her so i'm not worried and, <laughs> and so she asked the pastor if he would perform the the funeral and he said, well, ma'am, I, I don't think I can do that, but there's a Presbyterian church down the road. Maybe, maybe he can do it. And so she went there and uh, told the minister there of Homer's demise. And uh, he told her that he wouldn't be able to perform the ceremony either. But he said, the, maybe the Methodist minister down the road can do it. And so she went to the Methodist church. And for the third time, she was turned down and and this dear lady she went from preacher to preacher and church to church but she could not find anyone to perform her cat's funeral and finally she went back to the baptist church and talked to the baptist pastor again and said sir i just cannot find 
anyone to do my cat's funeral, and I was going to pay him $1,000 to do it. The pastor said, well, you didn't tell me Homer was a Baptist cat. <laughs> See, with messages like this, I always kind of like to get people laughing <laughs> and feeling good. Hopefully, they'll, they'll continue to laugh and feel good. Luke chapter 16, verse 1. And he said also unto the disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? My Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore, or eighty. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon, uh, or excuse me, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? The Lord's help, I want to preach to you tonight under this title, The Scoop on Stewardship. I read this this week. A pastor that I follow on Twitter, he had posted this this week, and I, I thought it was good. He said, there are three things that we are to do with everything that God puts in our hands. Number one, be grateful. Number two, be giving. And number three, he said, be a good steward. What you do with what you have, and this is so good, think about it. What you do with what you have reveals your attitude toward the one who gave it to you. Let me stop there for a minute. You know, last, last week, I think it was, 
I told you the story at the end of the message. From I, I, I shared the story with you of, from Max Licato's book about this sweater that he had still hanging in his closet that was, that was falling apart and it was tattered and it, it wouldn't fit him anymore, but he refused to throw it away. And you remember why? It be, was because his mom made it for him. And I'm guessing that just about all of us in here, if you go to our, to our house and, and you look in our dresser and the top drawer is, is mine and, and uh, amongst all of the other stuff that is in there, there's a little square box in there. And in that little box, there's a, there's a pocket watch from my grandfather whose name was Thomas Jefferson. They called him TJ. And one day I'm going to give that watch to my son, TJ, and explain to him where it, where it came from. And all of us have things that, that we may not even use now, but we just can't part with them because we love the person who gave them to us. If you go look at my Tahoe, you'll see hanging from the mirror uh, a little piece of artwork that my granddaughter, Mallory, made for me. That was, I don't know, a year and a half ago, and it's still hanging there. And you know why? Because I love my granddaughter, and it was, it's, it's special to me. And so let me read that again. He said, what you do with what you have reveals your attitude toward the one who gave it to you. And then he said this, don't neglect the blesser while you enjoy the blessings. Hmm, that's good. By the way, I had a Brother John Bott moment this morning when Brother Tyler was preaching his mini-sermon. Mm-hmm. good let's look at some things real quick tonight let's look at the opportunity of stewardship there was a certain rich man jesus said to his disciples which had a steward and we've talked a little bit about this along the way in this series but what is a steward come up with some fancy definition but really a a steward is a manager he, he or she is a trustee. We might look at them as, a, as an administrator. They're, they're really an overseer of another's possessions. So let's, let's begin by coming to this understanding tonight that stewardship is not ownership. Jesus goes on to say in verse 1 of our text that the rich man's steward wasted his, that is, the rich man's goods. They weren't even his. He was not even the owner. He was the steward. He was the manager. He was the overseer. He had been trusted with the oversight of another man's possessions. Every one of us tonight have been given the opportunity to partner with God in seeing that his physical, material, financial, and spiritual blessings to us are used properly. 
And that's what we've been talking about overall in this stewardship series is using the things that God has blessed us with in a manner that brings honor and glory to Him. So we need to understand tonight right off the bat that as stewards, we are not owners. We're partners. Stewardship is not ownership. It is partnership. And here's how it works. God owns it all. Come on. God owns it all. Right there is a very basic Bible truth that is taught throughout the Scriptures. And I gave you some verses there. I didn't want to take the time to read them. But every one of those verses and a number of others that I could have listed are very emphatic when it comes to this Bible truth. Everything belongs to God. Now, you geniuses out there, answer me this. If everything belongs to God, then how much belongs to us? Huh? Nothing. If everything is God's, nothing is ours. So if we're not owners, then what are we? We're stewards. What we have, I'm talking about our health, that's a gift from God. And we ought to steward it well. Our health, our family, our material possessions, our money, our money, our days, our skills, our mental capacity, our Bible, the truth, have all been loaned to us by a generous God who then invites us to partner with him in seeing that all of his resources are directed toward his purposes. Now listen to me. I know this is old news for many of you here today. This is not some new Bible truth. You have been taught these principles of God's ownership of all things many, many times before. But because it's just in your heads, in some cases, and not in your hearts, you look at the stewardships of, uh, 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 the stewardship of things like time and talent and treasure as reluctant obligation rather than a thrilling opportunity. And those two things are worlds apart. A reluctant obligation you know what that is, parents? It's when your kids get up in the morning to go to school. That is a reluctant obligation. You teachers, when you get up in the morning to go to school, that's a reluctant obligation. <laughs> when it ought to be a thrilling opportunity, young people, listen to me. Going to school tomorrow ought to be a thrilling opportunity. And all God's young people said... 
Nice try, preacher man. It ain't working. All right, parents, I tried. For the longest time, I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. For the longest time, I, I just walked the path of stewardship because I knew it was the right thing to do. I mean, Pastor Landis showed me straight from the Bible, not his opinion, not what he thought. He showed me and others in here during his tenure as pastor here exactly what the Bible says to do. There was no mistaking. And for years, I walked the path of stewardship because I knew that it was the right thing to do. I can be honest with you, I'm not bragging, I'm just being honest with you tonight. I have always been obedient in my giving. Always. I tithed, and I gave offerings on a regular basis. I mean, we've just, that's just never been an issue for us. We've just always done it. But I began to understand giving from God's perspective, I discovered the adventure of generosity. And that's exactly what it is tonight. It's an adventure. I mean, when you begin to give, not just obediently, but you begin to give extravagantly and generously like happened here last Sunday night, let me tell you, that is awesome. I mean, there is nothing, in, and I look on the, the offering uh, sheet uh, this afternoon in, in the office, and there was more given today than was promised Sunday night. Ask me if I'm surprised. No, because many of you are extravagantly generous. And I've told you, my theory on preaching on money has not changed. It's always been the same since I discovered this. I want to invite you to get in on what my wife and I have, have experienced in giving generously to the Lord. I want you to be a part of that. I, listen, if, 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 I had, if I had good news about how you could be blessed, but I didn't share it with you, shame on me. And I'm just telling you tonight, I'm sharing some good news with you tonight, how you can get in on God's bigger blessings. And I'm not, I'm not going Joel Osteen on you here, uh, but listen, I'm telling you, it's in the book. God blesses extravagant generosity. So let's talk about the responsibility of stewardship. Are you with me? All right. We're responsible for three things. Number one, the practice of stewardship, the priorities of stewardship, and the perspective of stewardship. So let's talk about our practice. In our practice, we are to be faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found what, church? Faithful. faithful. What do you think of when you think of someone who is faithful? A few words come to my mind. Trustworthy, responsible, 
reliable, capable, dependable. If you paid attention to the text as I I was reading, you know that the steward was none of these things because the Bible said that he wasted his master's goods. Now take just a moment and think about all that God has entrusted to you. And let me, let me just ask you this. How well did you manage those things last week? Think about everything that God has blessed you with. How well did you manage those things? Specifically, with respect to the message tonight, how well did you manage your treasure? So, well, first, I'd have to stop and think about it. Well, when you go home, look at your checkbook, get online, look at your credit card statement, and look at what God entrusted you with, and then find out how much of that was invested in His work and in helping others, as opposed to how much went toward our own personal causes. We've talked about in this series the stewardship of our abilities. We've talked about the stewardship of the gospel. And now we're talking about the stewardship of our finances. And you're going to see tonight in the financial statement, this is a giving church. But it's not a 100% giving church. And I have a responsibility as your pastor to teach you these biblical principles. Because number one, you're not being obedient. And number two, you're missing out on God's blessings. You know why Jesus, and, and you can study this for yourself if you don't believe me. Start in Matthew 1.1 1, 1 and read through the end of, uh, of the Gospel of John and you're going to find out that Jesus talked a lot, a lot more than your pastor ever does on money. I said this the last time I preached on money because I looked at the sermon. I said this is the last time I preached on money. If, if your pastor preaches on money every time you go to church, then you need to go to church more. <laughs> Amen. He, Jesus didn't talk so much about money because God needs our money and Jesus wanted to make sure that, that we gave it to him. That's not the purpose. I mean, there are a, a couple of different passages that reveal why he talked so much about money. It's because the way we handle our money is one of the most accurate reflections of our relationship with him. And specifically, our trustworthiness as stewards. And that's the point that Jesus makes in the latter verses of our text. If, as his stewards, we can't be trusted because we're dishonest, 
with a little, <laughs> then we sure can't be trusted with a lot. Let me just put it to you in a very candid, straightforward manner. If you can't be trusted to give God $10 out of 100, then you'll never give him $100 out of 1,000 or 1,000 out of 10,000. Listen, don't fall. Well, preach, I'd just tell you if I had more, I'd give. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. If you're not giving now, you're not going to give when you, reach, when you win the lottery which you shouldn't be playing anyway. That's another message for another time. And if you do play, please do not be in the line in front of me. Not at the lottery ticket place. That didn't sound good, did it? Okay. Let's back that up. If you're going to play the lottery, don't, don't get in my way while I'm trying to pay for my pop. Wow, that could end up somewhere it doesn't need to end up. Mike, do not even think about it. Yeah, pastor said don't stand in front of him when he's buying lottery tickets. Wowzer. <laughs> faithfulness, listen, faithfulness begins with the little things. And that's true of our time. And our talents as well. And by the way, tonight, understand this, church, 10% is just a starting point. That's where we start. Generosity extends far beyond that. But if we don't get the basics down, then there's no way that we're going to move into a life of generosity. But for those who do, they step into a whole new area of blessings and opportunity where they begin to play a major role in the transforming of other lives and impacting souls for eternity. Not only are we to be faithful in our practice, we are to be faithful in our priorities. When our priorities are right, then our giving is going to reflect that. Let me say that again. When our priorities are right, then our giving is going to reflect that. Let me say that again. When our priorities are right, then our giving is going to reflect that. God and his purposes will come first. Before the trip to the lake, before the trip to the ball game, before the purchase of the whatever, we're going to make sure that, that God is taken care of first, above and beyond everything else. This principle is explained in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits. Not after you've 
done all this other stuff. Yeah, we got a little bit left. Let's give some to God. No, no, no. With the first fruits of thine increase. Good stewardship is more than an occasional attitude or a feel-good response to a pressing need. It is a regular, excuse me, it is a regular practice. And it is a spiritual habit that we form that directs and, listen, and protects our hearts. And then we're to be faithful with respect to our perspective. People read verse 8 and do a double take and they ask themselves if they just read what they thought they read. And the Lord, it says, commended, commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. Now here's what you need to understand. The rich man did not commend the, un, the, the, the steward's unjustness. He didn't applaud his lack of integrity or his dishonesty. I mean, the guy was a scoundrel. But in the eyes of his master, he was a wise scoundrel because he used his momentary opportunity, listen, his momentary opportunity for long-term gain. According to Jesus, this is exactly the perspective that we, Jesus calls us children of light, that we as children of light, that is the perspective using our momentary opportunity for long-term gain is the perspective that we are to have. We are to use our material resources here and now with a view toward getting a future reward in eternity with God. That's the genius of generosity. We give now to be rewarded later. It's this whole thing of Delayed gratification that we all struggle with from time to time. So how wisely are you using the master's resources? What will you have in eternity? I don't care what you have in this life. What will you have in eternity? To show for your usage. Jack Benny was always a 39-year-old tightwad. In one of his television shows, he was accosted by a thug on the street who pointed a gun, put a gun in his back and said, Your money or your life? Benny just froze. The thief said again, come on, come on, your money or your life? Jack Benny responded, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. 
And while you're thinking about the opportunity and the responsibility of stewardship, let me give you one more thing to think about tonight. And it's the accountability of stewardship. The rich man to whom everything belonged demanded an accounting of the steward to whom everything had been entrusted. Are you tracking with me? God owns everything. He's entrusted some of it to us. And one day, he's going to want to know, what would you do with that stuff that I let you borrow? So then every one of us, Paul writes, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. One day, the master to whom everything belongs is going to demand an accounting of us to whom everything has been entrusted. Look, look at that verse. It's a universal accounting. Every one Nobody's going to get a pass. Nobody's going to be let off the hook. Amen, church? Every one of us. It's a universal accounting, and it's also a personal accounting. Shall give account of himself. Doesn't matter what anybody else did or didn't do. God's not concerned with them at that moment. He's concerned with me. What did I do with the things that he entrusted to me? What if that accounting were to take place today? Could you say tonight as a, as a child of God, as a, a steward of the master, could you say, I've been faithful? I've been reliable? I've been dependable? I've been generous? I've been honest? I've been obedient? Or would you not be able to give that kind of accounting. Before you'll ever be a good steward, you've got to come to grips with the truth of ownership. As long as you think in terms of mine instead of his, then you'll never look at giving as a thrilling opportunity. It will forever be a reluctant obligation. Beyond that, you have to understand your responsibility as a steward of God's stuff. You are responsible 
for your practice. You're to be faithful. You're to be, you're responsible for your priorities. And again, it's very simple tonight. Put God first. And then you're responsible for your perspective. You're responsible for using your material resources here and now in view toward getting a future reward in eternity with God. Church, let me just reiterate. I want you to get in on the blessings that my wife and I have enjoyed for years now and others here have enjoyed for years now because they 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 got past this whole ownership thing and and they got their priorities straight and they got their perspective right as it should be and 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 now their their giving is is just who they are it's it's just what they do because they want to be obedient to God in every area of their life. And if they were honest, they would tell you, just like I would tell you. Giving is a big part of our life. It is so telling. So tell it's a tattletale of our heart. It really is. So let's be good stewards. Let's pray.